morning. The Path, The Science of How This Training is Designed, Part 2 of 2. So what I want you to notice is that we just transitioned from the view to the path. So when we do this, what we're what I am doing with you is I'm transitioning from looking at the view with the intellect to using our intellect to now talk about the actual ground we are going to walk on, on this path. And so in here, we just came out of talking, I did a reading on the awakened body, the awakening body, and how how our nervous system is nervous, right? And how the nervous system is constantly scanning the environment, looking for threat or connection. And this is happening below our conscious awareness. And then we zoomed ahead to the somatic spirituality or the, the, the somatic teachings and how the somatic teachings invite us on the path of the meditative journey to be with everything in its fullness, all of the things happening in our human experience, and how there are teachings in the meditative journey that are used to clear the space in order to cr- construct an almost uh, uh, an almost disembodied or separate state from our human existence. And those tools are useful in order to create an environment where we can then calm the mind in all of the distractions to experience that state and then drop into the body. But when we think of those things as mindfulness, right, we are actually, and that's in their, in their totality, what we're doing if we stay in that state is we're actually pushing the experience of our life as it is away. And so our meditative practice, our, our journey, then becomes this constant, oh, look at that. My alarm just went off. I'm going to leave it. <laughs> I <laughs> Let's not push the experience of our life away, right? Like, let's let it all in, in, just like that happened just now. And I felt a sensation on and in my belly and on my chest, and it was fear, right? And yet now there's a smile on my face, right? So what what we are doing when we do that, right? When we when we push all of these things away is we are actually using all of these tools and this 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 life force, this willpower to push things away, right? And so our relationship with our practice is then always like like we are trying to fit it into our life, but it's almost like a battle, right? Which I'm sure you can you can uh, identify with in some way if you're in this program is trying to meditate or knowing meditation is healthy for me, but why is it so hard, right? And so right here in part two, I'm going to bring in the latest research coming out of the Human Behavior Design Lab. And I'm going to attempt to connect that research to this to answer that question and to show you that this is how this program is designed. And so I'm moving briskly here. And at the same time, 
I'm intentionally keeping this one shorter because anything beyond just labeling the, these tools uh, is going to be redundant uh, because I want to just point out that I mentioned resources so that you can go dig deeper. I'm not the creator of the of the um, doc, I am not Dr. BJ Fogg or the creator of the Fogg behavior model. He has created, uh, written an amazing book, uh, The Tiny Habit Method. I highly suggest uh, reading it, and he provides a free five-day tiny habit uh, course, which I highly recommend you go and take, because the the specific modalities that we're using here will integrate very, very well with that in order to start to find anchors and to start to drop into your life. But I am using, I'm, I'm relying on that as a source, but you also do not need to do that in order to continue in this program. I'm going to give you exactly what you need as we move each step of the way. So what does the science of habit formation teach us? What it teaches us is that it doesn't take 30 days to create a habit. And when does a habit become a habit, right? Like when does just something you're doing become a habit versus just something that you're doing. It's automaticity. It's when it's an automatic, non-conscious behavior that is triggered by your environment, right? Or your relationship with your environment. And so what this means is that in your life, you already have a bunch of things that you already automatically do. And you're likely unaware of them because you're so focused on the things you wish you were doing. So in this method, what you do is you look around your environment for the end of already existing behaviors. And what these are called are anchors. Because these other behaviors are already automatic, when you become aware of them and you find the end of that already existing behavior, which is called an anchor, you find this place in your life where that happens at a specific time or a specific location. And when you're guided to, you can then place little pieces of other behaviors right there at the end and celebrate them when you do them. And so an example of this is when I get up in the morning. When I get up in the morning is something I do. You do it too right? But when we get up in the morning, what is the end of that actual behavior of getting up? What is the, where is the segment or the place where I could drop an anchor? Well, it's when my feet touch the floor. So when my feet touch the floor, I don't have to think about that, right? So if when I feet touch the floor, if I want to do this program, if I want to create a tiny seed in my life, then the next step is when my feet touch the floor, I lie on the ground. That's it. After my feet touch the floor, I get up out of bed. And then what do I do? I lie on the ground. And then I celebrate because I am now rooting. And now we're going to learn this in this program is that when we celebrate physically in our body, when I did a high five for myself, what happens is that the body sends a sensation up through the brain, up through the, ner the, the vagus nerve that we just talked about, and it spurts off a little bit of dopamine of, hey, successful. And the body gets better at what you celebrate, at what it repeatedly does. So rather than trying to meditate, what we're doing is we're simply dropping to the floor. And then from there, the seed is planted. 
And from that place, I'm going to help you find anchors in your day that you want to use in order to plant this seed of lying on the floor. And then from there, we're going to extend it out. And I'm going to talk with you before we get started about the actual practice itself. Okay, how each day is going to work. All right. But from there, all I wanted to do, this is the end of part two uh, of the science of how this training is designed. We just reviewed the fog behavior model, the tiny habit method, how to find anchors and how to drop into our life as it is. And I compared it to the awakening body, to somatic spirituality, and to the practice of embodied or somatic meditation and how it invites us to to happen to our life and to be with it, not to try to get away from it. Right. And so that's the seed that we're planting here. Right. All you have to do is when you get out of bed, when your feet touch the floor, you lie on the floor. Or maybe the anchor that's better for you is after I sip a cup of tea. Right. Any time in the morning is where I'm going to point you to find. But it could also be in the afternoon when you're at the office or it could be in the evening. Whatever ends up working for you, that's where we're going to plant those seeds in order to. Do- 